Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. For those of you that have been around CityWalk a little bit, you'll know that that's Santiago. And uh, Santiago right now, he's deployed in uh, Jordan in that area. And uh, he actually gets to come home here at the end of this month. So we're excited about that. And I know that there's definitely a couple people in our church that are really excited about that, uh, family members. And uh, when he gets home, there'll be a baby coming quickly after he gets home. So there's a lot of great reasons. But, but Santiago, we got this video this week, and I asked him if I could share it because he was able to be baptized in the same body of water that Jesus was baptized in. Uh, there in the Jordan River, and so such a cool thing for him, and, and man, like to top it off, he wore a city student's t-shirt while he was being baptized, yeah, and, and so uh, Santiago and Nicole and, and several other youth leaders, but he's one of our city student leaders, and, and uh, so we were so thankful to see uh, just the celebration that he was able to have, and just that really cool thing to be able to be baptized there uh, in the Jordan River in the same body of water that Jesus was baptized in. And uh, if you didn't know already, and you probably do because of what Cherise said and even the, the video, today we're talking about baptism. Uh, we're taking a break from our heart series that we've been in. We'll dive back into that next week. But we're, we're taking a break from that because we want to talk about something that for the church should be one of the most exciting things that the church does. And that's when people say, I'm a follower of Jesus and I want the world to know it and they're baptized. That's an exciting thing. And we want to talk about that a little bit today because the, the idea of baptism, there's a lot of different ideas about it. And probably your idea of baptism, whether you grew up in the church or whether you maybe didn't grow up in the church, you probably have an opinion about baptism. Uh, for, for most of us, the opinion we have or kind of the way we like to do it and a kind of the, the format and everything, it, it has a lot to do with maybe the tradition that we grew up in. And so, and you know this, religious tradition, whether it's right or not, is very powerful. There's, there's some people that, man, there's a certain translation of the Bible that they really like to use because that's the tradition they grew up in. Uh, there's maybe a, a, a way that you do your service, maybe an order of service, and we do this many songs, and then the message, and then we do this, and, and that a lot of that came from maybe a tradition that you grew up in, and so that's kind of been your preference. Well, baptism's another one of those things that probably... You, you have some preferences in baptism based on how you grew up. And if you didn't grow up in the church, and maybe you grew up uh, away from the church, you, you might look at baptism and think, it's kind of weird. Like, just take a bath before you go to church. You don't need to be, like, put under the water and all that stuff. It's just kind of weird. If you, if you didn't grow up in church, you might not understand it. And you just look at it from an outsider's perspective and think, why would you do that? 
And so no, no matter kind of what your upbringing was or what your tradition was, whether you went to church or not, the reason baptism is a really big deal to us is because it was a really big deal to Jesus. It was a really big deal to Jesus when he was on this earth and when he was involved in his ministry. And then right before he left this earth, he said something that really reinforced why baptism is such a big deal. And, and so and it'll be up on the screen in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. This is what Jesus said. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, all people groups. Go, go make disciples. Go make followers of me, is what Jesus is saying. And then he says this, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus, before he left, he invited his followers into the mission that he had been involved in. And that was this mission of, hey, go and, and talk to people about me and, and, and see that more people follow me. And when they follow me, part of that process is them publicly declaring that they follow me by being baptized. And he says, hey, go do that to his followers right before he left. And, and that's why to us it's a really big deal because it was a really big deal to Jesus. And so, if you were back in the, the times when Jesus lived, kind of the first century and back even before that, the word baptism that we use was really a pretty common word. Like, we've taken the word baptism, and, it, and it, when you hear the word baptism, whether you grew up in church or not, it has a religious connotation. But back when Jesus was alive, the word baptism, the, the word baptizo, which is the Greek word that we translate it from, it is a word that the translators took, and, and in many cases, they would translate words word for word, from, from Greek to English, they'll translate. Well, there were some words that they call it transliteration, where they actually translated letter by letter. And baptizo is one of those words that they transliterated. And, and, and to us, when you hear the word baptism, it's like, oh, religion. To them, it was like common word we use all the time. In fact, if, if you were to look back in, in Greek literature, and if you were to look back in, in some of the writings of the day, you, you would see that, that the, really the definition of the word baptism, baptizo, was simply wash, plunge, Soak, dip something. And so if you read through literature back then, you'll see when they talk about a ship sinking, they'll use the word baptizo. If somebody drowned, they use the word baptizo. In fact, and I have a, an illustration, there was this one guy uh, that, that made the word baptizo kind of popular and kind of made it what it is today. And his name was a, a guy by the name of Nicander. And you're like, what? Y'all do communion with pickles here? Or why are you breaking out some pickles on communion day? But, but here's why. There was this guy by the name of Nicander, and he lived in 200 B.C., and he was, he was a poet, he was a physician, pretty smart guy, but he also liked to cook. And so what he did is he, he put together a pickle recipe that's well known, and in the pickle recipe he explained how you're supposed to take a cucumber and baptizo it, in, in, in the, the juice in order as part of this recipe to come out with really good pickles. 
And so we, we literally take, you know, this guy that, I don't know if he followed Jesus or not, but he was a cook and he liked to make pickles. And, and so in his recipe that's very popular, he talks about baptizing cucumbers, putting them under the juice and leaving them there. We're not going to leave anybody there today, uh, but leaving it there. And, and that was all part of the recipe. And so, man, this word was not like a really religious word. In fact, the word that Jesus used, that we use and that, that has been translated in our English Bible, a lot of times it's actually translated wash. So sometimes you'll see the word wash, sometimes you'll see the word baptism, and it's all the same word. So the question is, how did this like everyday word back in the first century that was used in, in pickle recipes and washing clothes and ship sinking... How did that word become so religious and important to followers of Jesus? And in order to understand this, I need you to put your imagination on. So we got a lot of kids in here. That's easy. And, and for some of us, we're a little older. It's been a while since we've used our imagination. I need you to put your imagination on. And I want you to imagine this. I want you to pretend that you're a man or woman living in the first century. So you're, you're living in the first century... Your mom is Greek and your dad is Roman. So maybe you look like that. Your, your mom's And so you kind of grew up and you, you kind of, because your, your mom's Greek, dad's Roman, you kind of grew up hearing about the gods like Zeus and, and, and these types of gods. And that's kind of what was taught to you a little bit. You didn't really buy into it all, but at least that's what was taught to you. And, and then you grew up and you moved to Jerusalem because you're a business person and you moved to Jerusalem to do business. And because you're pretty sophisticated, you've got some Greek, some Roman, you're, you're a business person, you're a pretty sophisticated person, you really didn't buy into a lot of this religious stuff, you didn't really buy into a lot of this, the gods and all that, and you're just kind of doing your thing, working uh, with these Jewish people, doing business with them, but you don't really, you're not really religious yourself. But then here's what you begin to notice. Like these Jewish people that you're connected with, they're pretty nice people. And you find out that these Jewish people, they actually believe that there's only one God. And they actually call it, they have a name, it's called Yahweh. And as you interact with these Jewish people, you look at them and you say, man, these people are overtaxed. These people, uh, they, they're kind of oppressed. But as I watch these people, they love people. They're generous. I, I, and you're attracted to these people. And so you, because you're educated and sophisticated, you do a little bit more study and research. And you, you start to study this whole idea of, of one God. And you think, you know what? This kind of makes sense. And so you go to one of your Jewish buddies and say, hey, man, I, I, this one God stuff, I, I really, I'm starting to buy into this. Is there any way that I can kind of convert to being a kind of Jewish tradition? Can I kind of convert to that? Is there a process? And he's like, you know what? I think there is. I, I've heard that there is an actual way you can do that, but you probably should talk to a professional. And so you go talk to a religious leader, and you, you come to this religious leader, and you're like, hey, here's my story. I'm a Gentile. Mom's Greek. Dad's Roman. Here for business. And I'm really starting to understand and buy into this one God thing and love these Jewish people, what they believe, how they treat people. How can I convert to their belief system? And he says, you know what? We actually created a process for that. 
You're like, I'm in. I'm in, man. Tell me. You're like a list guy. So you're, hey, tell me the four or five things I got to do. And he says, no problem. Here's what you would have to do to become kind of a Jewish, follow the Jewish tradition. He said, there's five things. And honestly, for you, because you're a dude, the first one's a little tough. But I'm going to just give you all five, and it'll be a little easier for your wife than you, but I'm going to go ahead and give them to you. He says, here's the five things you got to do. you got to be circumcised. Again, I said it was going to be a little tougher for you than your wife, but that's one of the things that you're going to have to do. And you're like, ugh. All right, what are the other four? Uh, you have to have a covenant meal. You're like, I can do that. Uh, that you need to acknowledge the law of Moses. You need to, there's a sacrifice you need to make. And then the last thing, this is pretty easy. You can actually do it by yourself. There's a ceremonial washing that you need to do to yourself as a, a, a picture of you kind of washing away your old Gentile identity and beliefs and really embracing the Jewish tradition. That's what you'll have to do. Say, all right, man, well, let me go talk to my wife and uh, we'll get back to you. So you go, to your, you go talk to your wife, and your wife's down by the Jordan River, and she's washing some clothes. And so you, you come, and she's like, hey, how'd it go? You're like, actually, it's going to be a little easier for you than me, but it went okay. And, and, and you're starting to tell her, you know, here's what we're going to have to do if we want to convert to Judaism. And then all of a sudden, while you're down by the Jordan River, you hear this guy yelling, and, and you find out his name's John. You hear this guy yelling, and he's saying this, repent, repent, God's about to do something new and unique. And you're, you're looking like, who is this cat over here just screaming at everybody, telling them to repent? He looks weird. He wears like some weird clothes. Who is this guy? And so you, you find out this guy, John, is actually calling people, Jewish people, to embrace a new way of teaching, a new teaching. And you watch John, he's taking these Jewish people that are already Jewish and he's doing this ceremonial washing with them and they are identifying with the message that John has been talking about, this new message. And so you watch and this is intriguing to you and then a few days later you notice that there's this guy named Jesus that actually comes down to the water and when John sees this Jesus guy coming down to the water, you hear him say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this Jesus guy that you've seen and heard a little bit about, he walks down into the water and he asks John to baptize him. And, and they go back and forth a little bit, but finally John relents. And John baptizes Jesus, this ceremonial washing that you had heard about. And, and the reason that Jesus was baptized by John was he was identifying and confirming the teaching that John had been teaching. And, and the scriptures actually write about this, this instance, and it says this in Matthew chapter 3. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove 
and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus was baptized by John as a way of identifying with the message that John had been preaching. And then when, after Jesus was baptized, Jesus, he heads off and his disciples start to baptize other people. And the reason they're baptizing other people is they're baptizing people who identify with Jesus and his message. And they're baptizing them because there's many people that are beginning to follow Jesus and they want to publicly declare that I'm a follower of Jesus. And so Jesus and his disciples begin to baptize them. And, and when Jesus, when he was about ready to leave earth, he said this. He said, hey, guys, if you don't remember anything I said, here's what I want you to remember. I want you to replicate what you've seen me do. I want you to teach people to follow me, and then I want you to help them publicly identify with following me by baptizing them. And, and so Jesus said that. And, and so for us now, we're 2,000 years later, What does it mean for us? What does it mean for us? And and what do we take away from this idea of baptism that a lot of us grew up in different traditions? What's kind of here for us to understand? Well, there's a few things. The first thing is simply this. Baptism is a public declaration of a new association. Let me say that again. Baptism is a public declaration of of a new association. After Jesus left earth, there was no, no, you couldn't like hang out with Jesus and be like, hey, I'm with him. And this is one of the ways that we can publicly let people know that, hey, I am associated with Jesus. If you like sports, you'll, you'll know, if, if you like specifically football and, and high school football and college football, you'll know that at the end of the col- or high school season, towards the end of the season, There's a day, they actually have a day that it's the day that people declare what school, what college they're going to go to to play football. And so it's a huge day, especially if you're a college football team and you're trying to get certain players. And one of the things high school students will do is they'll have a a signing day even at their high school. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll have hats on the table of all the schools, kind of the three or four schools that they have been kind of thinking about going to and then all of a sudden at the end of this little kind of time when they're signing to say where they're going to go you'll see and some of them kind of joke around and fake grabbing this hat and fake grabbing this hat but eventually they grab the hat of the school they're going to go to and they put that hat on as a way to say you know what I am identifying that I am with this team They're publicly identifying. And that's what baptism is. It's a way for us to publicly identify with our association with Jesus. But but secondly, and this is really important to think about, specifically according to kind of the tradition you grew up in, baptism is a personal declaration of a new association. And, And here's what I mean by that. This is a personal decision. It's a decision that you need to make when you're of an age to understand the decision that you're making. 
That's why we don't baptize children in, in, our, in our church because we feel like baptism is one of those decisions that they need to be able to make themselves. And, and so that's why we wait. Today we have some children that are going to get baptized, but they're being baptized because they understand and have been able on their own to make the decision to be baptized, to identify with Jesus. And so, and here's what's important, because I know a lot of different traditions do things, and we're not here to bash any traditions, but here's what I will say. Nowhere in the scripture does God hold not being baptized against a child. Nowhere in the scripture do you see God holding against a baby or a little kid. Hey, you weren't baptized, sorry. Nowhere in scripture do we see that. And so that's why we, we believe that, hey, this is something that is because it's such a big deal and it's so important that, that the person understand the decision that they're making. We believe they need to be of an age where they can really understand it. Third thing, and this is important to remember, baptism is not a condition of salvation. It's an evidence of salvation. There's a, there's a verse in Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 8 and 9, and it says this, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. See, the scriptures, and you can look throughout the scriptures, all over the scriptures, it makes very clear that this whole idea of following Jesus and this relationship with Jesus, this word salvation, has absolutely nothing to do with our works, and it has everything to do with grace. And, and, and one of the illustrations that you see in the scriptures is you see this guy that actually the night that Jesus was crucified, actually the day that he was crucified, there were two guys. And, and whether you grew up in church or not, you, usually when you see a picture of like the cross and the crucifixion or there's usually like the big cross in the middle. I don't know that Jesus' cross was any bigger than anybody else's, but they make it look bigger usually. And then there was two crosses on the sides. And, and there's this passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 23 where, where you see Jesus interacting with these two other guys who are criminals, who are being crucified. And, and, and listen in to kind of Jesus as he talks to these, these guys and kind of some of the things they say to him. It says this, one of the criminals criminals who were hanged railed at him saying are you not the Christ save yourself and us but the other rebuked him saying do do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation and we indeed justly for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds but this man has done nothing wrong and he said Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and look at this verse, and this is Jesus talking, and he said to him, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. So, so when did that guy go to church? Where's that verse? No. Did he go to camp and throw a stick in the fire at any point? I don't think he got a chance to do that. He wasn't bad. They didn't like, hey, stop. Stop the presses. Let's pull this guy off the cross for a second. Let's bring up the water. Let's go ahead and get this guy baptized so we can make this thing official. Then we'll put him back on the cross. No, that never happened. But you know what Jesus said? Hey, when this thing's over, when you're, you close your eyes in death, you'll open them in paradise with me. 
And, and, and here's why. Because this whole salvation thing has nothing to do with your good works. Has nothing to do with how good you've been, how many times you've been baptized, how much money you give to the church. Doesn't matter. This baptism thing is an evidence of salvation. It's, it's not something we have to do to be saved. I have up here, I have uh, this Buccaneer hat. And uh, I grew up in Florida, and so this is the team that, for most of you, your team beats this team about once every two years, because uh, we lose a lot in Tampa. And so if you're a 49ers fan, you, you beat us, and if you're a really anybody fan, you've beat the Bucks pretty good on a regular basis. We have had a few good years, but they haven't been any time recently. Uh, but... I have this hat, and the reason, and I have different hats just like you do. You have some favorite teams, or you have favorite, you know, things that you like, and and you wear that hat as a way to identify, hey, I'm a fan of the Buccaneers. If you're a Giants fan, you wear a hat that says, hey, I'm a fan of the Giants. But here's the thing. If you don't wear the hat, it doesn't make you any less of a fan. If I never wear this hat again, it doesn't make me any less of a fan of the Buccaneers because this, hand, this, this hat doesn't make me a fan. It just identifies that I'm a fan. That's what baptism is. Baptism isn't a requirement for salvation. It just is the identification to the world that, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. I associate with Jesus. My life is for Jesus. And so, as we kind of close up this, this time, I want us to think about, okay, so with this, these ideas about baptism, where does that leave us? So if you're, if you're someone who's a follower of Jesus and you haven't been baptized, then I would encourage you to be baptized because Jesus told you to. And he led you by example in doing it himself. And one of the things I've seen is baptism is a step of obedience that usually is a catalyst to other steps of obedience. And so Jesus says, hey, be, and he says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you how. And he tells his followers, hey, be baptized. The reason that we immerse people and, and, and take them all the way under the water is we do that as a way to a, a picture of what salvation is, that we were dead and then we're alive. Because of Jesus. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, man, I encourage you to be baptized. And you might, you might have some pushback there. You might hear, here's your pushback maybe. You're like, you know what? I'm planning on it when I get everything together. Once I get this whole life figured out, you know, I stop yelling at my spouse. I, you know, stop doing this or this habit here or that habit here. Once I get everything cleaned up, I'll, I'll go be baptized. And here's, you know what you're doing there? You're making baptism all about you when it was never about you. It was always about Jesus. It was always about how Jesus has changed my life, not how I've changed my life or I've managed my behavior. And one of the things that you got to know about baptism is, you know what? Today we're going to baptize four very imperfect people. And if you're in their family, you're like, I will second that motion. We're going to baptize four very imperfect people. But these imperfect people, here's what they're saying. Hey, I don't have it all together yet, but I'm a follower of Jesus. And I know as a follower of Jesus, the scripture tells me that I am made new on the inside. And so 
as I continue to follow Jesus, Jesus is going to make me more like him till, till the end of my life. It's going to be a process. And, and here's what you, you need to know. Jesus changes a heart in an instant. But the behavior sometimes takes a little longer to line up. And so there's going to be times that, hey, man, I'm a follower of Jesus and I want to be baptized. And you know what? I don't have it all together yet. But that's okay because being baptized isn't saying you have it all together. It's saying I'm a follower of Jesus. And because of that, I know Jesus is going to make me new. And I'm open to what he wants to do to make me more like him. That's what baptism is. So if you're a follower of Christ today, we're going to get to celebrate with others. And if you haven't had a chance to be baptized, I'd encourage you to talk with somebody at Next Steps today, myself, and sign up to be baptized the next time we do it. Because it's, it's something that we want to do and it's something Jesus tells us to do. But you might be here and you might be like, you know what, Chris? I, maybe you grew up in church, or maybe you like, dude, I lived the most crazy life you could imagine. I, I've, I've been to church a couple times, but this whole church thing, I never really gave it much uh, time in my life. And, and, and so you're sitting there thinking, you know what? Is this whole thing for me? Even with my past, even with my background, even with my baggage, is this whole Jesus thing for me? And I would tell you, if you're not a follower of Jesus, that, that you need to know this, that Jesus loves you today. He doesn't love a future version of you, and he doesn't love a cleaned up version of you. He loves you today so much that he went to the cross, and as he was dying on the cross, shedding his blood, he was shedding it to pay for my sin, and he was shedding it to pay for your sin. And because of that, it doesn't matter. Like, he wasn't like, oh, well, those three people, man, they, they're a little far off the rails. So there's, like, my death thing isn't going to really take care of what they do. No, when he died, he died for everybody. He died for Mother Teresa, and he died for Hitler and everybody in between. His blood was shed to take away our sin. And so if you're here and you're like, man, I'm, I'm not a follower of Jesus he loves you so much, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And, and you don't have to wait for a moment. You don't have to wait for a special service. Like, you today could reach out to Jesus just in your heart and say, Hey, Jesus, I admit to you, I am not perfect. I admit to you, I have sinned. I've disobeyed you. I admit it. But Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross, that you rose from the grave to give me life, to give me freedom. And I don't understand it all. I don't know why you would do it for me, but I believe you did. And Jesus, I want to start a relationship with you. Save me. You can do that anytime, anywhere. And what a way to celebrate baptism then to trust Jesus as your Savior, as you're celebrating other people going public with their faith, starting faith yourself. So let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're here this morning and, and you'd say, Chris, man, I'm, I'm the guy that, man, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. But maybe you have never taken that first step of obedience to say, hey, I, I want to be baptized. I want to go public with my faith. 
I don't know what maybe excuses inside or what voice is saying to you that, hey, you shouldn't or you're not good enough or whatever, but, but Jesus wants you to go public. And, and I hope that just in, even in the quietness of this room that you will just between you and God say, God, hey, I, I'm going to do it. I'm a follower of you and you told me to do this and so I'm going to obey you and be baptized. And you take a step. You can... Before even today's over, there's a card under your chair, spot for you to check. Hey, I want to be baptized. Pastor Steve will follow up with you. And the next time we do baptisms, you'll be, you'll be doing it. Maybe you're here and you're the person that says, hey, Chris, I, I, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I, I, maybe, maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you haven't. doesn't matter. But, but Chris, I, I understand. I, I believe. I admit that I'm a sinner. I, I get it. I'm not making excuses. I've definitely done some things that are against God in my life. And and I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and that he rose from the grave. And man, I I need freedom. I need Jesus. Would you just in the quietness of your heart, would you just tell him that? Would you just in the quietness of your heart, if you've not started a relationship with Jesus, would you just tell him that? Jesus, I need you. I admit I've sinned. I believe that you died and rose from the grave for me. And Jesus, today, I want to start a relationship with you. Come into my life and save me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if if you're here this morning and you'd say, Chris, this morning I asked Jesus to save me. This morning I... Ask Jesus to start a relationship with me. With nobody looking around, would you just slip up your hand? You say, this morning I asked Jesus to save me. Maybe you're here this morning and and you would say, Chris, hey, I, I just got a lot more questions. Would you make it a point to come talk to me or... Steve or or one of our other bridge builders and just man we would love to sit down with you and answer any questions you might have Lord I thank you for your word I thank you for what baptism stands for Lord I'm thankful that your grace has made a way for us to have a relationship with you and God we are so thankful that we get a chance to publicly declare our allegiance to you by baptism I pray today, God, that this would be a very special day as we get a chance to celebrate with many friends as they go public in their faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we take off and head out, one of the privileges that we get to uh, do as a, as a gathering is we get a chance to uh, do communion. And, and communion's a very, it's a very special ceremony, and it's, it's more... Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about it, but the reason it's very special, and, and again, you grew up in different traditions that, that did different things. The reason it's really special is because of the word remember. Uh, because of, in our life, and, and you know this, is there anybody in here that's pretty busy? You know, got a couple people a little bit busy? And, and, and probably, if you're like me, it's really easy to forget things that are important. And up, up on the screen, there's a uh, picture of my son Austin and I. Uh, she's going to, yeah, there it is. A picture of my son Austin and I. A few years ago, we lived in Indiana for a couple years. 
And before we left Indiana to go back to Florida where I grew up, we had to go to Wrigley Field. So if you're a baseball fan, Wrigley Field's where the Cubs play. And, and it's, it's just kind of one of those, been around forever. And so we, we wanted to go. And so when we went, we took this picture. And, and then we also, I paid like way more, too much money to get the picture they like kind of get you to buy after they take your picture and then bring it to you in your seat. And hey, do you want to buy this moment with you and your son or do you hate your kid? No. <laughs> Uh, and so I, I bought that picture too. Uh, but, but the reason I, I show you this is, is because the reason we have a picture like this and the reason I spent money on, on the picture that Justin and I took was simply because I wanted to remember something that was very special to me. And communion is a way, is, is a, a way that we have to remember what is most special to us if we're a follower of Jesus. It's a way for us to remember the incredible, loving, gracious sacrifice of our Savior. And, and we take communion, we take a piece of bread, and we also take uh, a, a little juice. And, and the reason we do that, the, the juice, it symbolizes Christ's blood. And, and you and I know this, that, hey, Jesus, when he died on the cross, it, really, it wasn't a pretty picture. The, the, the movies we see, the pictures we see, they, they, they do a little bit with it. But at the end of the day, the Bible says Jesus was so badly beaten that he did not look like a human being. And so when we take communion, what we're doing is we're remembering the broken body of our Savior when we eat the bread. And we're remembering the blood that he shed when we drink that juice. And we don't remember with a sad countenance. We don't remember, remember with a hopeless countenance. We remember with a spirit of gratitude that Jesus would love us enough to be broken and to bleed so that we could have freedom, so that we could have a relationship with him, and so that we could have a life. And so in just a second, what we're going to do is we're going to give you an opportunity to take communion. And the way we're, we're going to do it this morning is it's, we're just going to quietly play some music. We're going to have about four or five minutes where it's just quiet in here with some music in the background. And we have three communion stations. We have one on each side of the room and one in the back. And as we just quiet our hearts before God and we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross, as you feel led, you can get up and go take the bread and the juice, bring it back to your seat and take communion. And, and if you are, are here and, and you are a follower of Jesus, we invite you to do that. We, we invite you to do that. There's really two things that the Bible talks about as requirements. And one is that you be a follower of Jesus. And the second one is that you have an opportunity to examine yourself. And so you, if you're a follower of Jesus, we set aside this time for us to examine our hearts and say, hey, God, is there anything between me and you? And if there is, I just want to take this moment to confess that to you, to be right with you, and then I go and I take communion. And so I'm going to pray for us, then we're just going to sit quietly for three, four minutes, there'll be some music playing, and as you feel led, you can go and get the elements, bring them back to your seat with your family. You don't have to. No, you don't have to if you just want to stay in your seat. Uh, and, and then I'll come back and close this, uh, out in a few minutes. And so let's pray.
Dear Jesus, I thank you again for this way that we can remember you. And Lord, this is another way that we're following an example that you set for us. The night before you gave your life, you did this with your followers. And you told them to do it after you were gone as a way to remember. And at that point, God, they didn't even know what they were remembering yet. But as soon as you died and, and gave your life and your body was broken and you shed your blood, Lord, through the ages since that time, people have been doing communion as just a way to remember with gratitude what you've done. And so today, God, as we take these elements, this bread and this juice, I pray that we would do it from a spirit of gratitude for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.